Hello and welcome to the Sports Babble live of a Tuesday, an Easter Tuesday evening because um, we we're all busy the last couple of days and there was football on that people wanted to watch and people weren't here but we need to settle down and <laughs> we needed to calm we needed to calm a certain JD down because he's been furious since Mustafi's performance <laughs> on Sunday we're going to actually start with the top four tonight because despite like, obviously the league and, and Premier Prince City's um, right up there and everyone's going mad about it because it's so close and still anybody's to win the top four race is also daft because nobody wants top four teams uh, nobody none of these won at the weekend uh, nobody deserves top four <laughs> nobody four. deserves top top four either yeah it's just have the top two and then the rest is just have like a uh, Royal Rumble to see who comes through or something daft um, Chelsea drew last night which we'll talk about Arsenal obviously lost to Crystal Palace Manchester United were thumped by Everton, which Brenton was at, he's going to tell us about. Um, and Tottenham were beat uh, 1-0 by Man City, where both teams looked like they'd been on the rip. Just come back from a stag. It looked like both teams were absolutely beat on Saturday morning. I told you that would happen. <clears throat> you did. Um, well, Johnny, we'll, st- we'll start with you first in Arsenal. We'll get this over with, because I know you're busting to get door into it. Um, what happened? Mustafi happened. Do you think it, it, he... Caused the whole issue, all of the issues. He or? cost us the three points. <laughs> he did. He did. Fair he enough. cost us three points. I've been there, brother. Doesn't love and Liverpool. Once Arsenal equalised, Arsenal were on top, and everybody was just you know ready to go to get the get the winner. I was hearing nonsense, and then Mustafa was just like, "Here's how we doing? No, you aren't getting past me. You're not. Leno, come on, you run a hundred yards here and get this ball. Nah, just don't clear it, Mustafi." Yeah, I'll do it, Phil. It's time to come. End of a two wind up here. I am come. Right. Going ahead. I was going to do this research myself, but thank you to Football London that they had on it for me. Decent website. Decent website. Shout out Football London. Yeah. So we're just going to take a wee quick, wee quick run through. There's lots of cover tonight. We quick run through all the times this season that Mustafi has cost Arsenal three points. Well, points. So strap yourselves in, lads and ladies. Crystal Palace, obviously, and I'm blaming them for all three goals. Your fault for all three goals, right? Everybody's, everyone's probably seen that game, so we'll move on. We all understand what he done there. We don't even want to get into it anymore. Man City away. I don't know if you remember what he done at Man City away. Do you remember? For for the one of the Aguero goals where everybody else pushed out and was. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he was. He was a net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That dick stand there. Yeah, yeah. So yep, he cost us there for that one as well. I think we were at one each at that stage. Thanks, Mustafi. Spurs away. He decides to just put his hands over Harry Kane to let him go down for the penalty. Oh, he give, give him the opportunity to go down for the penalty. Oh, Everyone uh, remembers that. Offside. Uh, well, yeah, but yeah. Uh, they were never going to give it offside. Now there's one doesn't <laughs> that I don't know why they put it in, but they have because he was shit that game too. Al Nazir, the game, the team in Dubai we played the friendly mm-hmm. there last month for their goal. Mustafi decides to just fall over, just lay down on the ground, and your boy just takes. That's not a good idea. It's just right. Let's move on from that. Everton away. Just you know, Phil Jagielka, just who hasn't bloody played all season, just decides to dominate him as well. So he just didn't pack him up. Scored. Jagielka. Yeah, that's when Jagielka scored. Yeah, I think. Oh, oh, there's Crystal Palace again. Crystal Palace again. You cost us points. He decided to fall to the ground again and can't remember, I think it might have been Wilfred Zaha or someone he kicked and knocked him over for a penalty which that cost us three points as well. I think that's maybe... Is that all this season? There's plenty more examples for previous seasons but yeah, I'm just bashing Mustafi in it because I'm pissed off and want him out of the club. 
Is it because he gets paid £90,000 a week and can't play football? He can't play football and he's getting paid for it. But at the same time, we all know we will play again this season. It's inevitable, like, you know, because he of injuries. will. Yeah, because of injuries. So until then, we just got to... God, geez. Try and get behind the team. But, like, if it's like you're playing for Santi right? you're playing up front, and you're dominating, and then you see one of your boys at the back, just do something, just drop. Your head's just drop. You're just like, I can't believe you've done it again. Yeah. Like, in the same season, doing it over and over and over again. Do, do you blame, like... Him entirely for the other night, like yeah. Would you? I do, yeah. I do. I know. I know. People are saying about Emery's team selection with bollocks, but at the same time, he was kind of forced into that situation. I wouldn't have started El Nene. Definitely wouldn't. I think he's horrendous too. He has to go. Uh, I would have started Torreira. Don't understand why he didn't start Torreira, but at the same time, the issue was with Mustafi. He was his fault for all three goals. If like, you know, we we didn't. Arsenal, look, Crystal Palace, sorry, what I mean, Crystal Palace didn't win the game the other night. We gave them the game. We did, like, because. <laughs> and then Mustafi, like, throws his arms up in the air trying to blame Leno for. And he's done it previous times. I think he'd done it against Man City as well. He was trying to blame other players for goals when it was his fault. No, he's just, he's not good enough. Would you. If, if you're Amory, would you have, like, maybe recognised that and taken him, sort of. Taken him off? Not take, well taking him off yes but also like put him somewhere else like what do you mean what do you mean leave him at the training ground because he shouldn't be near well, the, the he, that was an he, option but like put him at right back maybe like he played there he played right the back at Spurs and he still made mistakes mm. but like he's, maybe not they wouldn't have been as costly like he's just a ticking time bomb right? yeah. he's just a ticking time bomb he doesn't know he's going to do something it's got to cost thank god Socrates is back now they, he shouldn't be near the squad tomorrow night. He shouldn't be in the starting eleven anyway. Tomorrow night, Mustafa. If he is, I'm a fuming. Maybe I have to do some more yoga. I think so. But like, yeah, I blame him entirely. Because like, we would we we would have went on one that game if he had if he had just just cleared the ball. It's just the basics. Mm. Just cleared. What was he doing? Like, I'm sure you've probably seen it. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Like. It was ridiculous. Like, and I don't rate him at all. Like, you, you think Arsenal. Arsenal had a few chances though you know end of the second half didn't it yeah well, when Arsenal got uh, the second goal Bamiang's goal you know great goal by the way yeah great goal but I thought right we're going to go gun ho here to try and get the equaliser you know we've done it in the past where we've came back and actually won games in them situations but it just seemed like nah Arsenal were just all out of ideas I was like the flip. like I know we were talking to Jack at the time when the game was live and he was telling us about it and then when I watched the game over Later on, I was like, what, what are Arsenal doing? Why do we not try and push, go for it? Like, even if we got beat 4-2, at least try, you know. What, what difference does it make? I know, like, at the end of the day, goal difference and things I got there. Like, but you have to at least try. It just seemed like Arsenal were knackered. And it's just... It wasn't for everybody else dropping points. And every single week that Arsenal dropped points. It's, uh, That's ridiculous. Yeah, the top four race is wild. <clears throat> it's, it's not getting, obviously, the attention <clears throat> for me. That the, the league's got, the, the league title's got because of what's happening, as you said, to start a show between Liverpool and uh, Man City. But if the league was already won by one of those teams, like this top four race would have so much coverage. It is absolutely daft that four teams of the cal- that size, that calibre, all fighting <clears throat> for um, Champions League. And as you said, are all four good enough this season defensively? Like, we just see, like, we're going to talk about Chelsea now as well. Like, last night. Um, Chelsea now they're missing Rudiger which I understand and, and I, I, th- I think Christensen 
given all respect on the team. You put it before under Conte, he's a very good defender. Mm. But last night, like Burnley, it's not that Burnley absolutely outplayed Chelsea, <clears throat> or oh. caused two so shots on target, was it? Caught, yeah, or caught exactly, or caused Chelsea so many threats for ninety minutes. Chelsea gifted them two goals. Yeah, it's really sloppy, and that's been like. Arsenal gifted Crystal Palace the points the weekend. All right, Spurs were clean chinned on Saturday, but they've been stuttering too. They've found a bit of form since this new stadium, but they've yeah, to be also. Fair to them, they, Spurs could have won that game on Saturday. They had the they chances, definitely, yeah. And then, which we'll talk about uh, towards the end of this uh, top top four um, preview or whatever, Except chat. The risk of Mustafi and your team. Accept <laughs> the risk. Arsenal There's a, a virus protection has popped up on the laptop there. and it's just got uh, Mustafi's face on it um, and then Manchester United obviously went to Everton and were like that's the worst United performance people have seen in years but Chelsea last night I'm going to start going to all the United yeah. games <laughs> <laughs> that must be um, really disappointing for me? yeah for last night the Chelsea result oh yeah absolutely like, <laughs> I thought you were talking about the United game <laughs> it was brilliant um, no it, it was so disappointing like in fairness like me and my dad sort of called it like it usually always does happen when when the other teams drop points the the last team playing will drop points or will do something stupid as well um uh, so uh, so disappointing especially because they went behind really early rallied got back into the game very quickly got ahead um two very good goals um and then again as arsenal did um you expect them to push on from there Especially being at home, Arsenal obviously at home as well. Um, uh, an evening game with the crowd behind you, you just expect to, to go on and win that easily. Actually, when Higuain scored that second goal, it looked like Chelsea going to counter on and smash Burnley. Yeah, and it just turned into a really bad evening um, with the draw, and then Hudson Odoi as well is a massive blow. Uh, probably won't be back for until like halfway through the next season. Yeah, well. even yeah, yeah. Um, so a really bad night in all in all and I know that like Johnny probably said Arsenal aren't reliable to go and um, win their remaining games but Chelsea still have to play United um, and if they go to away to Leicester I think they're out of it like. think Chelsea and, are out of it? yeah I don't. I, I don't think any of them are out of it. Hey, we got Mustafi. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like? I, like, <laughs> Arsenal have Wolves tomorrow night. We have Wolves away. tomorrow night. Then we have Leicester. Uh, Leicester away. Brighton at home and Burnley away. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> tomorrow night, obviously, United, City and that, that Arsenal game. Depending on those results. I think if Arsenal win that game, like, um, there's a lot of pressure on Sunday between Chelsea and United. Like, if that's a draw, it's Arsenal's like. Yeah, I there's only one team in the top six has won at Wolves this year. At Wolves, like it's a tough ask for Arsenal tomorrow night. It is, but Napoli was real tough ask for. Was Arsenal very too. much so, yeah. So I think with Socrates <clears throat> back, I'm, I'm a bit more confident, and I know Wolves have not been playing the best since that FA Cup semi final, but uh they're just GOA, aren't they? Like? They're GOA, definitely. <laughs> it would be, it would be, and I mean this like so very Arsenal. Uh, now, like the last five to ten years, maybe ten years, but five to six years, where their home form has been unreal. So, so all of a sudden, it drops their away form, which has been horrendous. It picks up. Yeah, I so think it would be very Arsenal, very the Jekyll and Hyde, aren't at times. I it? think before Sunday, we'd only consider like one goal and like ten games at home or something mad like that. You know, and Burnley, I know, 
has been unreal for Arsenal since he's, he's been very good. He had his start was a bit shaky, but he's yeah, he's, he's, he's really really up. settled. Even against Watford last week, he pulled off two absolutely stunning saves, to kept Arsenal in the game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be definitely really tough. I'm kind of hoping we can just sneak on it. Over I don't. The <coughs> it can't be called the top four yet. I don't even think even if Arsenal win tomorrow night, the Manchester United win tomorrow night, uh, which is big ifs. I don't and it's nowhere near over because Chelsea are level with Spurs the minute Spurs are drawn nil nil still with Brighton at the minute as we're doing the show here on Tuesday night. And then like I think I think they have the Champions between, League to look at now as well, Spurs. It's between Arsenal and Chelsea for fourth. For fourth. I don't think United are gonna do it. They're shy. They're they're poor and they showed that on Sunday, you there, you saw it first hand. Yeah. Um tomorrow night's a derby, anything can happen. I I don't think they'll win tomorrow night. Like Pogba got a lot of abuse and he didn't play well. On Sunday, but he did play a great ball to Rashford that I remember. That yeah, he, he, he yeah. is the scapegoat though. He is, but like it's the same with Arsenal. Arsenal is the scapegoat for Arsenal because he is the highest paid player. And you expect so much from him. Like Manchester United yeah. fans rightfully, rightfully expect Paul Pogba to be amazing. Not every game, but like people were talking about Gerrard and Lampard and comparing the Pogba, and they didn't mention Patrick Vieira, but you obviously would throw him in there. Um, they wouldn't have as bad a run of games, you know. No, they'd like. I'm using Gerard because as my club or whatever we had a horrendous team to time like the team that won Istanbul um, but he would have picked that team up mm-hmm. Pogba doesn't pick United up it's because you see um, <clears throat> like we were talking about this after the game obviously I was over to United fans like, um, so, so um, there was a real sort of um, we were taking the whole game apart like in the United situation as a whole and I know Gary Neville had a rant about it and stuff as well. Like, there's no, there's no leadership at all, um, on or off the pitch. Pogba, like to a certain extent, the same could be argued about Chelsea this season. But Hazard does it through his football. You know, it's a different type of leadership, um, to like your your captain who shouts and screams and and gets everybody organized, um. But setting an example like that football wise. Nobody's doing that for United at the minute. No. And that's probably where, where people should be looking at Pogba to, to step up and do that. But he's really not doing it. Like being there, you can you can see him not showing for balls. Like, you know, United's midfield was the worst I have ever seen it. Um I on, think on Saturday. On Master Day, like just how uh, poor and Manage was just there to watch a match of a game of football. He wasn't there taking it. He, he was such a uh, was it based on his right word? He just yeah. literally was just standing doing nothing and and even Dallo for uh, who scored the brilliant goal in the first half was it Sigerson? Yeah, Sigerson. They were all out. really good goals as well. Yeah, it was was it maybe even Gary Neville or was it Jermaine Genius for once was doing something right. And he said about how Dallow, like Dallow watches if you see it again, Sigerson coming in with, with the ball and he just. It's almost like he doesn't want to take responsibility for it. And Dallow, Dallow's still a young player and he's been very good for United times. He drifts into centre half and he stands there. He stands still. There's no one puts any pressure on Sigurdsson and whack it's 2-0. And that's the game's gone then, more or less, like Everton looked like they're cruising. Yeah, there's mistakes there, right? The hair goes down late as well. Um, it's just one of those wee things that has been happening to him recently where he's not getting his timing right or... Um, even the way he comes out for Walcott's goal and Walcott just slides it past him. De Gea, in the past, would have made a save there with his foot. You know, um, he's very good at going down uh, to oncoming players, usually. Um, 
so there's not a lot going right at United. Um, and it was clear to see. I mean, the talking about the midfielder, Fred doesn't look a United player. Um, and he hasn't at all. Maybe one game he had against PSG, uh, the away game, where he looked good. Um, and he's winning ball back and stuff. Hasn't shown any sign of that since. Um, Maric looks done. None of them do. Look, look like United players. None of them do. Like and, and the frustrating thing about Pogba is, is that he has done in the past. You know, there was a period this season where he was absolutely bossing it. Um, it was like a Pogba of the World Cup, and you see, you see him in the World Cup doing it for France too. Um, so that's why it must be extra frustrating because it's not just that you've paid all that money and you want to see the results. You've actually seen it before this season. And why is it not happening now? A lot of pressure, <clears throat> a lot of things get put on Pogba is that he never performs or turns off United in big games. Mm. He did last year at the Etihad. That was yeah. probably his best United performance. Yeah. I thought as well the Chelsea performance in the FA Cup this year was very good at Stamford Bridge. <clears throat> There's a lot of pressure on him tomorrow night. Now he's come out today and I was there yesterday and he said that um, none, of, none of the players... Um, did themselves any basically any favors and they let the fans down, the club down. They had no respect for the club, the way they played. And and he like I think he's big enough to say that it's him too. Do that in a way, Pogba. But a lot of United fans turn on him because they think that he's obviously looking for a move to Real Madrid because that link won't go away. And because they paid so much money for him, and pardon me, because he likes to dab. He loves to use his social media. You see him and Jesse Lingard dancing on social media all the time and having the crack. God forbid they're not allowed to have a, a person personality, but. Then he doesn't do it in performances, and the United fans just use that stick to beat him with it straight away. He's sort of like, I feel sorry for me at times. Pop up, it's about him getting paid so much money, but it because he's such a price tag on him now, and because of he's won a World Cup, he has to every game, he has to perform. He has to have an eight out of ten. He can't even have a seven out of ten every Manchester United game. He should be the best player on that pitch, and he's not. He hasn't been like for months. I've seen I've seen a few of my new fans online have turned on Marcus Rashford now too yeah and Martial yeah and I've seen an interesting stand I don't know if I've said that to you guys during the week that Adam Johnson still has more Premier League assists than Jesse Lingard <laughs> yeah and he's been in jail for being a for the, yeah, tosser for the last six years and he's been in jail for three of them yeah where's, where's the grief for Lingard like? <sighs> the, the problem with United has been when the put bad performances in like this is that they haven't worked hard. Like Gary Neville touched on it, like when he was talking about players pretending to run back. Um, they they're lazy. United uh, as a whole group, they are lazy. There's there's very few exceptions to the rule, and Herrera is one of them. Who I hate Herrera like as a person, like, but. He busts his bollocks for the cause. Like, You'd love him if he played for your team. Like, I'd yes, exactly. Like, he's yeah, one of those. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, <clears throat> he's he's a player that all opposition fans love to hate. Like, but if he was your player, you love him and you don't want him to leave. And lo and behold, he's the one who looks like he's leaving. There, there's something not right there above as well. Um, you have to look at from the manager up too. There's been no... Uh, Philosophy, and we touched on it about Ajax. Um, since United played them in the Europa League final, the difference between the two clubs, um, since since they've moved forward, United haven't moved forward. Like, yeah, gone backwards, you could say. Yeah, Ajax have they have football people at the top of the club. They've Mark Overmars, the founders are, 
Well, United have business people at the top of the club, so they don't care about the football side. Well, Ajax directors like Van der Sar and Marco Vermaers do care. And that's why they've been so successful over the last couple of years. And that's why they're going to do Spurs in the Champions League. Come on, Ajax. But, like, yeah, that's exactly the reason why. And it's, it's the exact same with Arsenal as well. Like, we don't have any football people at the top of the club. Stan Kroenke and Josh Kroenke, his bloody son, and even Gazetis, he was he's buggered off the SC Milan now. Like, so that's, that's the problem with football clubs now. There's no football people up there at the top looking after the club. Like, why have United not gone and got Van der Sar? That, that could be next. That could be the next thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, but, but it has to be... It can't just be like a token, you know... They're, they're uh, talking about uh, putting Mike Phelan as technical director. Coach? Technical director. He already is coach. Putting yeah. him as... Uh, uh, but that's what I mean, like, you know... Do you think he could step up and do that job at the minute? Put him as... Well, he would be like their... Their sporting director type thing, you know, like Chelsea stuff a brilliant one. Then he left. Uh, Mike was it Michael someone? Emanalo. <clears throat> Emanalo. Yeah. Someone like that, and Mike, like Mike Phelan, yeah, he looks like a human thumb, and everybody gives him a bit of abuse because of his social media. Um, but I mean, at least he's trying. Yeah. Um, but he knows Manchester United. He, he he's decent enough coach. I thought like, or he didn't go too well at Hull, and he was at Brisbane, Brisbane there for a while, I think, and then they or Sydney or somebody, and he sacked them off. But if the the thing is if, if you're talking about bringing it, you're talking sorry trying to bring in Van der Sar and you're saying as well Brenton that's who they're looking at it's Mike Phelan then that leaves Solskjaer with um, and Michael Carrick as his first team coach and then Kieran what do you call him from Fermanagh who's experienced in the academy but nowhere else it sort of leaves Solskjaer again well he lost exactly do you know what I mean they're they're in a really weird place Manchester United this is Manchester United that if you ask any of their fans and this is me having a dig but they'll tell you the biggest club in the world. But yeah, you're yeah. not. They're not acting like it. They're acting like a gang of clowns. Yeah, the def. You would consider them one of the biggest clubs in the world. And to, to be honest, even we said on this show, Ollie deserves the job, back at the time. But you know, we're, we're even we <laughs> too early to say no, that. We, too. we did. Some of us did say it. Like and other ones, we're, we're talking as well about maybe they'll regret not getting Pochettino. That's easy to say now because what he's done. But look at there's all managed out there that. I'm not gonna lie, all the blame at Solskjaer because it's such a good start, but the players—it's it's all this is all at the players' fault now, and it's up to them tomorrow night to do yeah. something for Ollie and, and the fans. He, he did come out <clears> and say, obviously that wasn't good enough, and um, that the only thing that they were better at was the support. On and United support, I must say, being there was incredible. Their West Their was very good. Very good, yeah. Um, and the sign so named at the end until he came over to them, um, but. You know your manager at Manchester United, like you, you need to come in for some criticism. Like I, I didn't think, um, his substitutes at half time were at all appropriate. If you were watching the game live, um, you could see that that's not what United needed. They brought on Ashley Young, who's, who's he's never needed. Who's been United's worst player for the last month. Um, him and Chris Smalling are top of the tree for that. Like. Doesn't offer anything going forward. <laughs> McTominay, I, I could sort of half understand what he was doing because he did bring a bit of fight, um, which was completely missing in the first half, but no creativity. Um, I was expecting Lingard to come on and run at them um, for Martial or, or Rashford. Um, Lukaku didn't get a lot of service, but he he was trying. Um, his touch was awful again which which it always is but there was nobody around him there was a time in the second half I think it was United's maybe first chance on target 
where Lukaku got the ball spun and led Rashford in and it was the only time there was somebody running off him. They were playing three, those three up top, which they don't do that often, Martial and Rashford either side of Lukaku. And the whole point of that, I assume, was to get them in round Lukaku for flick-ons or, or for him holding it up and laying it off. They stayed so wide and Lukaku was always on his own. His touch, you know, isn't going to be great. So it bounced off him and Keane and, and um, Zuma looked like world beaters. They were very good, but they, they, United made it easy for them. The, the only time uh, uh, that they got in behind again was the, the one Johnny's talking about where Pogba played a great ball over the top for Rashford. I don't think they had a shot on target until like the 81st minute or something or a shot at goal or something. Yeah. Something like that. What did you make of Goodison Park? Class <clears> name. <throat> really, really, yeah. really, really good atmosphere. Um, probably helped that it was a sunny day and it was an Easter weekend. Um, the atmosphere was brilliant and the fact that they won 4-0 probably <laughs> yeah. made it better. Um, but uh, that's what we were saying. Like Those tight stadiums where you're close to the pitch and uh, the atmosphere builds like that is, is... I've never been to West Ham, but I assume... Yeah, you lose a bit of that with the track around the yeah. um, say you do, around yeah. the outside and stuff. Um, so it's one of those old school like wooden seats. You know what I mean? He, he's a stay like that. Like I know, yeah. they, I know they're moving. All, all being well, they're moving to the docks and a new stadium. They need to try and <clears throat> this come from Liverpool fan. They need to try and keep some of that. Yeah. Whatever they do with it, because I've been to Goosen Park myself and. Um, it is a brilliant, brilliant ground. Like, and you can feel a bit of history when you're in it. Like, yeah, and, and <clears throat> you know, they obviously need to keep the the same feel about it as well. That community feel and the you know, I have to say, like, it was clean and and oh, all I, the staff working there were sagging the nun. Like, so good experience. Especially the result. Especially the result. Yeah, you're delighted. Um, <clears throat> obviously there is still a mad title race going on. Um, Liverpool and Man City both won again. Both just not lining up or letting up here. Um, City had Kevin De Bruyne get injured yeah. during that, but Phil Foden sort of had his. I know he's had some deep games this season where he's looked very good, but this was his game where he probably he, laid a marker down. That he was he, good, but he kind of fizzled out. Probably just tired towards the end, as yeah. most players in that pitch were. But yeah, he was very good. Good. I was actually surprised Goro Aguero scored it. You know, he's a real one my goalie. Aye. Fair play. Won the game. They did win the game, and then Liverpool obviously did it all to do away at Cardiff on um, Sunday and like first half there was a little bit of scare and stuff and Alisson made a great save um, well, they missed a great chance Carter didn't they yeah it was Omar Niasse oh 1-0 I'll talk about that in a minute but Omar Niasse the ex-Everton player had a chance to make it 1-0 to Carter in the first half and for like two seconds time froze and I was like no don't don't let a blue nose do it like, <laughs> <coughs> thankfully Alisson came up with a save second half then Liverpool came out of the traps and were a bit better went 1-0 up yeah, um, yeah through uh, set piece that if you haven't heard, the club was talking about it afterwards, and um, he said it's probably his favorite goals this season anyway, because when he came in at half time, it was the players decided what they were going to do next with set pieces, and they spot they had spotted this obviously when Aldum who the ball fell to had spotted that he had loads of space when we had corners, and he was free and Trent found him and he smashed it home. <clears throat> then Sean Morrison had like the chance this season. If ever a team was either all the luck was on their side to potentially become champions or all the other team's luck had completely gone they were getting relegated it was this moment mm-hmm. Alison, I, I want your opinion on this as well Like I don't know if your team does it but anytime in Liverpool uh, the other team have a corner um, what teams have been doing is they've been putting people on Alison, like Gunnarsson was on Alison every time and none of our defenders were going back and stopping it 
you know what I mean? Like if you saw it on Saturday or you're playing on Saturday and your goalkeeper, especially you, your fullback, your goalkeeper's uh, got an opponent on his toes, you'll send someone in to get in between the two of them yeah, and push him out of the road. Standard practice. Liverpool don't do that. I know Allison's a big lad. He is a he is a big unit of a fella, but they don't do that and. He's like he is fouled in the end by Gunnarsson, but it's not picked up at the time, and he can't get to the ball. Sort of flaps at it. Martian has an open goal, and I don't know what happens. He hits it with the back, his back, and puts it wide. But every every corner, um, Cardiff had this was happening, and I was screaming at the TV. Somebody go and stand in between the two of them. Maybe maybe, uh, Morrison didn't think it was gonna come to him, or maybe thought Allison was getting it. I think, and people were saying that maybe Allison he does get a bit of a touch on. I don't know if he takes that much of the fight off the ball, but it could be that. Yeah, that that's enough though, to to put uh, the header of the ball off like. Uh, just that way nickly if you're already sat in your trajectory to go uh, where the you think the ball's going to go I mean he obviously just misses it by that like, but um, Big Giroud would know there too oh, oh, I, plenty I, of header in his day Giroud of the middle of Lee <laughs> if Morrison's uh, afternoon wasn't bad then he made it worse for himself mm. um, with what 10 minutes to go when stone he, wall penalty when he, yeah. he tried to choke slam uh, Mo Salah three times Mm-hmm. and give away a penalty now don't get me wrong I've said it before on the show <clears throat> Salah has gone down quite easy sometimes this season there was a Newcastle game especially I don't even think he was touched and he fell over but on that occasion I'm delighted he's gone down because it's he's every right to go down you can, you can put your hand all over somebody like that it's just it's modern day football <clears throat> you're going to get a penalty he has to but you can't, you can't do that and I've used, I'm going to use Jadon's again here but he, Mo, there's nothing else Mo Salah can do he can't go anywhere else because Morrison's manhandling him. He can't turn him. So the only option Mo Salah has to do to get a penalty is to go to ground. Yeah. Yes, he goes to ground and he does it theatrically. I totally get that. But he's fouled and he yeah. goes to ground. It's no, a penalty. Like, there's it, no... is. it is a penalty. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he went down easy, but Jesus Christ, your body's all over him. Like, like come on. Use your head. Take your hands off him. He, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, he's, he's facing away from goal. He's facing away. And then, so silly from Morrison. I've seen Salah try to take the penalty himself. He did he's, try to take the penalty. Like, nah, and Milner took it off him. And then if you watch the... The penalty goes in and Salah doesn't really celebrate. He he jog, he's like sort of doesn't know what to do and then he runs over to everyone. He catches himself on a bit and he jogs over. Um, would have been interesting if he hadn't celebrated. I'd say Klopp would have probably hauled him off and slapped him around the changing rooms. But uh, yeah, I quite, I like that he wanted to take the penalty. He wanted to take responsibility for it. I get that. But also James Milner's the penalty taker. Lethal. And he's very good at them. It's just just let him take them. It's no big deal. Like Mo, he'll score more goals and hopefully we'll win stuff this year. So. Chill the beans, brother. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Virgil van Dijk, uh, well, actually wasn't Liverpool's best centre half on Sunday uh, either. Joel Maddock was. He was absolutely outstanding. I hope he scores a goal this season where he does a mazy run and smashes it in. I won't be seen for weeks. Even if we can't win the league or we're 6 0 down to Barcelona, he does it. I will not be seen for weeks if that happens. Because, Has he scored? Uh, yeah, but it's headers. Oh. I want him, you know the way he tries to run up through the defence. And it's actually got to the stage now where. Like Porto started doing it on Tuesday night or Wednesday night, they were letting him do it. And then they realised, oh, hang on, right, he actually knows what he's doing here. And then they started to panic. And then, no, actually, no, he doesn't know what he's doing. And, but they've left Moore man free and he's able to pass to him. It's, he causes so much chaos when he runs forward with it. So hopefully he can smash one in. Um, the confidence Virgil van Dijk's given, being beside him, just changed. Like last year, he was just bang overs. He was. Scary. He was better than Mustafi, <laughs> but he was—he was just average, like and not so Like, but the, what Van Dijk's done, both them players now, they have confidence now to know that. Oh, if I do mess up, maybe a wee bit. Virgil's there. He'll get it. And Allison, yeah. I feel that like 
Because Werder's had such a good season, Alisson doesn't get talked about enough, but he's had 19 clean sheets. Yeah, the most ever in the Premier League. Uh, no, I think Petr Cech. No. Uh, I think it is. No, Petr Cech sure? 26 one season. Your first season. What? 24 it's 24 or something. I know he can't beat his record now, because I remember reading about it. He can get to like 2, okay. 22 or something. Maybe in, in the amount of Premier League appearances he's had or something. I, saw, I don't know, it's something daft yeah, anyway. But there's some record he has like that. Um, but he's, he's obviously done very well. He, he's out of it, and that doesn't get talked about enough, I don't think. It's Van Dijk, because Virgil's been brilliant, um, but he doesn't get talked about enough. But just on Virgil Van Dijk, um, my Twitter exploded last night, because <laughs> 18 months ago, I was talking to um, a fella from Gold, uh, Ronan, from uh, Gold, I think he's at Gold.ie now, and he, Liverpool had just signed, or about to sign, I think it was, um, Virgil van Dijk. And he sort of said, can't believe Liverpool are spending this money on Virgil van Dijk. What, um, basically, not a lot of waste, but <clears throat> would have been better off and could have only spent like a tenth of the money on Lewis Dunk. Right? And I sort of replied to him, you okay, LOL? And he got back to me saying, yeah, um, I just think Dunk, uh, van Dijk's an, uh, an above average defender and I don't see Klopp spending money on him. Like, it's sort of a waste of money. And I obviously didn't agree with that. I said, that's, he's not above average, he's better than that. But anyway, well, Liverpool Twitter is the most mental Twitter in the world. And somebody re- found this conversation last night, who has like 10,000 followers, I don't even know who the fella is, and he retweeted it. And unfortunately, my Twitter and Ronan's Twitter has exploded now. And he's getting all sorts. But I just want to say, you're allowed to have an opinion on football, even if it is wrong. And whatever Van Dijk's proved, and Ronan's even said this now, that he's much better than what he thought. Like, I'll give an example of me. I thought when we signed Alberto Aquilani from Roma that we had more or less signed the best midfielder in the world. I thought we had just signed, literally, he's better than Xabi Alonso. We were signed this player. He's going to bring Rafa and us to a new level. How wrong was I there? It happens all the time. Like. It happens all the time, is right. Like, all the you time. Think of the amount of players your club signs. Like, and the majority of them do, do not work. No, and I just think like people need to catch up themselves. They're telling Ronan to... like. You know nothing about football, getting you all this here nonsense, and I'm sure they're probably getting even more spiteful. I haven't seen it, which I really hope they're not. Like you're allowed to have an opinion. I like the way that he had that opinion and said that and tried to back it up. Now he's come back out now and he said he's wrong. That's fair enough. And fair play to him. He's big enough to do that. Like, but like, come on, you can't you can't say anything now and people want to jump on it. What about Arsenal Chris's uh, <laughs> his opinion? That must stop. He's had a better season yes, than Van Dijk. Uh, despite all his stats that he brought up and. He tried to claim that Mustafi's had no mistakes that have led the goals this year and he had like eight on Sunday, which Johnny pointed out <laughs> or whatever it was. Like uh people are mad. Like but I just wanna say, like, if if you do have an opinion on Twitter or whatever or Facebook and just go with whatever it is, I'd say whatever. I'd still back that Aquilani one, like it's just <laughs> whatever happened there. Like we we sold uh Raheem Sterling to uh, and you know who you are to uh, Man City, but Andre Wisdom was there, it's okay lads, wisdom's better. Uh, uh, you know who you are because you're watching this or you will be watching it or listening to it like that was completely wrong yeah it happens all the time Lewis Dunk's a good player but but some of those like you're saying to protect your club too like um, for the likes of oh yeah, yeah you know when you when you sell Sterling well we're out like you know we don't need him you're obviously going to say that anyway because he's just gone to a title rival. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that when we sold Nasri and Fabregas, but I was crying inside. <laughs> Heavily, deeply crying. <clears throat> the Prince of Rome said that when Liverpool bought Oxley Chamberlain. What? That they didn't need him and wasted money or whatever, didn't he? He wasn't, he was oh, all like, he's yeah. in well, 
he didn't perform for us, so he's probably and he's went to Liverpool and he's played better, so I'm not gonna hold grudges against no, him. No, you never hold grudges. Like right. I we'll make saying uh, I want us to sign Nabil Fakir in the summer, right? I do want us to go back in for Nabil Fakir. It turns out he gets the Premier League. Mm, it's not for him. But it, you know I mean? it does, it it does happen. But you, I, I just hate the way people, you know, like to say something now and like an opinion like that there and then people try and make a fool out of it. It's just really stupid. Like, like not we're not all football geniuses. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Like Frankie De Jong could go to Barcelona here in the summer and be dirt. It could happen. Yeah, it's happened. Coutinho hasn't had a great time at Barcelona. Ibrahimovic didn't have a good time. He was pretty good at football. He's pretty good yeah. at football. Um, yeah. just another thing as well that was on social media at the weekend um, sounds like I'm talking about Liverpool here but there was fans from a certain rival Liverpool's that were spouting nonsense that Liverpool fans had been singing a song about Emiliano Salah mm-hmm. despite these lads not being at the game um, and then uh, we don't need to say Manchester United and then <laughs> caught offside the morons picked it up and retweeted it as if it was true Bill and Peter Moore the chief executive of Liverpool Football Club who's brilliant who gets things like and okay he's made a few mistakes like all chairmen do but he's uh, corrected them and he's working very very hard at Liverpool he got on the ball this straight away and I think Liverpool got lawyers now involved and about two hours later caught offside and apologised morons they are morons they they report the biggest sort of bollocks see sides like that and I know we're not shouldn't really talk about it on here sides like that and he closed down because that's not what we want to do at the bar. We don't want to spout nonsense or anything or rumours or make stuff up or stores they got there. But stores they got do no, no one any favours. No. Just incite fans to fight with each other and nonsense to be said and different things and just tell lies and it's a lot of nonsense. Especially stuff that that's very sensitive issue. Especially for court of like, you know, why would you why would you go report that without having hard evidence? That's just the wee, wee moron sitting at home with no mates thinking he'd start something. He wasn't even at the game because he doesn't support either of those teams. Yeah, no, the company, like, I, I, I have hard evidence to tell you. This is hard evidence. This is a fact. <laughs> Mustafi is on the transfer list already. Apparently, according to people within the club, he's going. He's, well, he's definitely on the transfer list. But the problem is, and apparently this has been the problem for the last two summers, nobody wants to buy him. Like, they're seeing the mistakes he makes, and now we're not having that. So he's not two years to go on his contract. Like. But, like, why, after two years, is he still in a position where he's allowed to start throw him in the under 23s or wherever he has to be well, let's see. get him out of there like, well, just because he's at the club doesn't mean he has to be playing I think this year Emery was kind of just looking at what he has and he's had a good look now and bye bye if he's in any match day squad next season hoof Emery out the door no, I, I think Arsenal just cut their losses with him and just take a lower price hoof him on the boat into the sea and send him the uh, what do you call him the Iron Islands. Where do the Great Joys live? Iron yeah, Islands. Islands. Yeah. Send him off there. Yeah. Out of the road. I'll let the Night Kings tournament. Well, it's been he, he's, he's, go, he's going to win. He's going to win. Yeah, the Night King's going to win. Now we all, we're all in agreement here. Are you in agreement with that, Brandon? No. No. Brandon's a Night King, by the way. Um, <laughs> folks, listen, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks for watching the show tonight on Facebook. Um, and obviously, thanks for listening to the podcast, as always. Um, do us a favour. If you see the show here on Facebook or the podcast on Twitter or whatever, just share it tag your mates in it or show your mates more people involved more people watching the bigger we can get this the better we can make it then um, I really appreciate it Brent thanks for coming on Johnny that was actually quite calm thanks very much for that I've done my yoga he did his yoga beforehand <laughs> now we're off to watch Mustafi compilations for the rest of the night <laughs> right folks good luck <laughs>